You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Hello, listeners. This is Gary Chahot from the French History Podcast. Katie and Nathan wanted me to warn you that they use strong language in the show, so if that's not your thing, this might not be the show for you. If you do want to listen to a show without swearing but is just as steamy, check out the French History Podcast and learn about the country of art, love, and culture from three million years ago to present. Now, if you'll pardon their French, it's on with the show. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Nathan, hola. Hola, Senorita. I'm a senora, actually. Oh, you are. You are. Mm -hmm. Technically, technically. Well, hey, Nathan. (laughs) Hey, Katie. I am so excited about this episode. I I think I've been excited since we started Queen's Podcast for this one. For this one, yeah. Like, whenever we first started, we actually, probably about a month ago, somebody reached out to us on Instagram and was like, y'all should cover this queen and like my little texas heart my little texas heart just (laughs) hopped out of my chest and i was like anything for selena i know right it's so true it's so true selena quinquenia it's of course our tohono queen (laughs) i know I'm so excited. I, I feel like people that don't that aren't from Texas don't understand the the cultural icon that Selena Quintanilla is. I actually I actually didn't even know what her last name was before we started researching because she's, she's just like Prince. Selena. She's like yeah. Prince. She's, she's like, like Madonna, Madonna. Cher, <laughs> Selena. One name. One yes. name, just Selena. And everybody's like, oh, you mean Selena. Selena, yeah. <laughs> so before we get into it, Nathan, tell us. This is, you have really outdone yourself with this cocktail. Oh, thank you. Please, please give everyone the recipe. It is delicious. So you take a cup of strawberry juice, mm-hmm. a cup of tequila. I mm. like the blanco. Um, and then I do a cup of triple sec. And then I took half of a jalapeno, a smaller one, and then scooped out the seeds. Um, but a half of a jalapeno, let it soak in there for a good 30 minutes. Um, and put that in the fridge, let it soak. And then you pour like a little champagne flute halfway full of that. And then after that, you top it off with champagne and Mm. serve with a lime and a strawberry. And guys, it's smoky, sweet, spicy. It is just well-rounded. It is a very delicious drink for a very beautiful queen. Yes. 
Enjoy cheers. <laughs> With those measurements, though, I do like to say when we made this, like a cup of tequila, a cup of triple sec, this is to make like a pitcher, not like. Yes, not yes, this is not to drink all in at one sitting. <laughs> no, no, ma'am. We made, no, ma'am. We, that made about four drinks when we made it together. Yeah. Yes, it makes a makes a, and those were hefty drinks. Those were hefty <laughs> drinks. Yes. Yeah, it makes way more than four. Oh my goodness! Drink, drink responsibly, drink guys. Respons- <laughs> Listen to this podcast responsibly. All right, before we get in to the life of Selena, let's do some Patreon shoutouts. Yes. So who's up first, Katie? Oh, we got Courtney, Serena, and Kristen. And then we got Rebecca, Hannah, and Anna. Yes. And thanks as for always, supporting us. yes, thanks for supporting and the show. But thanks to all of everyone. our listeners. Yeah. yeah we everyone, love you everyone. all. But, you know, if you pay for it, you're going you're to shout out. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, Selena was born April 16th, 1971 in Lake Jackson, Texas. Uh, so, this makes her an Aries. And to be oh honest, God. she has got big Aries energy. She is um, quintessential. <laughs> Aries. Absolutely. Our girl is an Aries. She's an Aries and we love this for her. Um, Quintessential Super duper. Yeah. Yeah, It is her. To a T. Yes. So Lake Jackson, Texas is a small town not far from Houston right on the Gulf of Mexico. Fun fact, it is just under two hour drive from where Nathan and I grew up. Yeah, y'all, it's like our next door neighbor. Yeah, because in Texas, two hour <laughs> drive is next door because uh, yeah, Texas in every is other state, big. <laughs> in every other state, they're like, that's a whole different state. Yes. Bro. <laughs> Except for it's maybe like, Alaska. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, touche. <laughs> but let's talk about Selena's parents because you kind of need to understand their background to really get her upbringing, mm. specifically. <laughs> Her dad's background. So. Right. Her mom's name was Marcella, and she was part Mexican-American and part Native American descent. And her dad was Mexican, Mexican-American. He's like second-generation Texan, though, born in Corpus Christi. On her dad's side, Selena is, like, their family had been in America for a really long time. She's like third fourth generation or something so even though she's famous as being this tano queen and most famous for her spanish songs selena was not raised bilingual so selena was raised american she only spoke english growing up yeah and her dad's name was abraham quintanilla and he grew up in corpus christi texas so corpus christi texas is right next Mm -hmm. Are right on the Gulf of Mexico, yeah. right next to the Mexican border. Again, they're neighbors in Texas terms. Yeah. It's a three-hour drive. It's a Texan thing. Yeah. Um, so they're right next to the Mexican border. So <laughs> when Abraham was in high school, he caught the music bug Bad. and dropped out of high school to pursue becoming a musician. <laughs> Maybe this is some foreshadowing. Foreshadowing! <laughs> Abraham was a super, super hard-headed person, which is going to be a theme for most of the characters in this show. No one could ever tell him no. No one. So he joined a band called Los Dinos, and they released a couple of singles that did okay, like on a regional level. They had a couple of singles. They were booking some shows in Texas, but they they weren't really, they never got the the like exposure that Abraham thought that he deserved as a musician. Then he met his wife and she got pregnant and he finally decided to settle down. And though he loved, 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 loved his family. Yeah. Really loved being a father. Feels like he had a little bit of regret that the music thing that he had never really took off. Right. So, Obviously, maybe this is important later. Put a pin in that. (laughs) Maybe. So fast forward. Fast forward, Nathan. Uh, 1971, the Quintanilla family is living in Lake Jackson. And by the time Selena hits the scene, she has an older brother named A.B. And an older sister named Suzette. And dad is working at a chemical plant, which for East Texas... 
everybody's dad worked. My dad and my stepdad both worked at chemical plants. Like that's a very, very normal thing. And mom stayed at home with the kids. So very traditional values, very traditional upbringing. Yes. And actually the doctors told them their third child would be a boy. So they had the name Mark Antony chosen for him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, surprise. Uh, She got a vagina. And (laughs) baby's baby's got a vagina. And that makes her a girl. (laughs) And one of the, one of the other new mothers in the hospital was just like, you know what? You know what I'm like? Selena. And that's how her name. (laughs) I don't believe this though. I, or I think somebody in the story was a history nerd in the closet because Mark Anthony, or Mark Anthony, that is Cleopatra's husband. Yes. Cleopatra and Mark Anthony's daughter together was Cleopatra Celine. Uh, Same name, Selena. That's that's Mark Anthony's daughter. So that's the official story of how she got named Selena. I think her parents are either closeted history nerds, and they were just like, that's nerdy. Let's not tell anybody that. Or the lady that randomly in the hospital was like, I like the name Selena knew that that was Mark Antony's daughter's name. Right? Because that's too that's too close to be a coincidence, right? Yeah, that's way too close right? to be a coincidence. That's not a coincidence. That's deliberate. Right? Um. Anyway, so like whenever, whenever I read that, like this little center of my like history nerd brain just went off. It was like, that ain't right. Anyway, let me dig <laughs> myself right. out of that hole. Yeah. <laughs> no, but also, do you remember Ron Paul, that weird guy yeah. that ran for president a couple times? Yeah. That he weird little man. He delivered her. <laughs> so that has nothing to do with the story, but just. I forgot that he was an OBGYN. Yeah, that's like six degrees separation from Kevin Bacon. But, <laughs> but it's like Ron but weird Paul. Pol- politicians. Six degrees of separation of weird politicians. Yes. <laughs> so though Daddy was working hard at the chemical plant job, every night he'd come home and he'd play guitar to his kids. Like it was just, it was still his passion. Mm-hmm. Music was his passion. And when Selena was about four or five she would start to sing along with Abraham. And eventually Abraham was like, whoa, wait a goddamn minute. This girl has pipes. He said he noticed (laughs) when she was five years old that she had perfect pitch. Can you imagine? Five. Oh, gosh. Gosh. I'm not surprised because it's Selena. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. And by the time Selena was six years old, she was the singer of her family's new band. This is totally giving me the Jackson. I know. It's very, yeah, it's got a lot of. Yeah, yeah. Um, But they were originally called Selena's y los dinos and by the time selena was six years old she was a singer of her family's new band originally called selena y los dinos Mm. her brother ab was on the bass guitar and sister suzette was on the drums like why didn't he why did they why did he just take the name of his old band why didn't they come with a new band i don't know and this is totally giving me like the jacksons so similar so similar like i'm a failed musician so y'all gotta sing but no, she yeah. was six when she started in this band. Six years old. I, I, and she was, and she was a singer in the band for the rest of her life. Do you think she even had a memory in her life where she wasn't a singer in a band? Oh no, absolutely not. There's yeah. no way. Like yeah. she just like my earliest memories. I think my earliest memory is like three or four years old. But at the same point, it's just like I was crawling down the hallway. Your, like <laughs> your earliest fully cognizant memory. Yeah, for her, she like, was probably singing in a band. Yeah, that's crazy. And Abraham, seeing this talent, immediately starts booking gigs. And they were, at the time, primarily covering songs from Top 40 charts, at restaurants, weddings, you know, anywhere that they could get a little gig in the Houston area. Right. Something worth noting, Selena and her siblings spent all their time when they weren't in school working on this band. So after school, they practiced. On the weekends, they practiced. On the weekends, they were also traveling around for gigs. So we think it's worth mentioning that Selena didn't have a normal childhood. She was six. So my niece's birth, sixth birthday was just yesterday. I can't imagine her having any kind of schedule like this. A band. She didn't have <laughs> friends outside of her family. She didn't do any school sports. She was never in a school play. 
She didn't have a chance to have, like, boyfriends in school. The only school dances she ever went to were the ones that she was performing at. So I think it's noteworthy that she didn't have a normal childhood. You're so right. This is giving me Jackson fives. Yes, 100%. And the family, just like the Jacksons, is their own little community. And not a lot of other people get to, like, infiltrate the inner circle of that world. So... As a result, the family's got some weird tics, and they're super duper close, and there's just very tight knit, and it's just, you know, one of those vibes where they just say a certain word, and everybody knows. Right, (laughs) right. Like, they could, I bet they could all pretty much read each other's minds at that point. Exactly. Tight knit doesn't even seem like a strong enough word. They were just, Mm -hmm. they were such a unit, you know? In 1981, the family had had this Mexican restaurant, and it went under... And the family had to declare bankruptcy, and they were evicted from their home. And they didn't have anywhere to go in Lake Jackson. So they had to, like, uproot their family and move. Um, Economically, there was, like, a recession at the time that affected the oil industry specifically. So I remember, again, I remember so much of my family's income comes from the oil industry. I remember, even though this was well before we were born, people talking about the struggle with the oil industry in the 80s. And so that affected them really, really bad. And the family was forced to move back to Corpus Christi and live with Abraham's family. So really hard time for them. Yeah. Not sure if there's a huge difference back in the 80s, but today, Hispanic people make up like 65% of the population here. So, and a lot of them were either English as a second language, bilingual, or just spoke Spanish primarily. Mm -hmm. So, Abraham was like, hmm, I wonder if we could increase our chances of getting booked at more places if we saying Spanish Hablo in Espanol. our songs. Huh, maybe that's a good idea. Oh. Right? And that's how Selena y los Dinos became a Tejano band. Okay, Nathan, what what is, tell us what Tejano music means. Like, what does that mean? Simply put, it's like a Spanish language music, but it's got like this, okay, So, in Selena's own words, in an interview from 1995, she said, Tejano music is a fusion of different types of music all rolled up into one package. Truth. Yes. It's country music, it's jazz, it's German polka combined with Mexican music. And it's it's true. It is. It's a bit of a gumbo, isn't it? It's a bit of a gumbo. Okay, so they become a Tejano band. The problem? Not a single person in the band spoke <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Might be an issue. So this 10-year-old girl is learning these traditional Tejano songs phonetically. Probably not really knowing what she's saying a lot of the time. Yeah. Just mimicking what she's heard. Like what her dad is telling her to say. But everyone says you wouldn't know it by just, like, the passion that she sang with. Like, I feel like, I mean, go watch anything Selena performs. Oh, yeah. You, she, I feel like she could perform the alphabet song, and you would be like, I felt that shit. You know, I felt <laughs> so that. True. I felt those ABCs in my soul. Like, the way that she <laughs> sung, it, it, doesn't, it didn't matter that she didn't know what she was saying. You fucking felt the passion. Were her pronunciations perfect? No. No, but it didn't need to be because she was so magnetic to watch. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like when you're a performer and Selena, if there's something you need to know about her, she's a performer. Yes. Um, (laughs) She lights up the stage. Like she walks on the stage and it's just like, like there's just like this energy, magic. Mm -hmm. Like there's just something there that when she steps on the stage, it just... Bam, it lights up. Last night, and Nathan and I got together and we were watching her final performance. It's on YouTube, all 50 minutes of it at the Texas, at the Houston Rodeo. And the first like eight minutes is like in English, but the rest of it, it's not in English, but you don't need to know what she's saying to feel like her. Do you agree? No, I agree. Yeah. And from all accounts, like people said that 
she was like that on stage, but she was also like that off stage as well. Like she just had that high energy, positive personality, very outgoing, just that super duper engaging type of person. Aries as fuck. Absolutely. So something I kept reading about this family is that every single person in the family had like this incredible work ethic. But I also wonder if it wasn't also like we're just in survival mode, you know? Uh-huh. Because the parents yeah. don't have jobs. The band is what's putting food on the table. So they're hustling to get whatever gigs they could get. Country fairs, school proms, clubs. Literally, there are stories about them singing on the corner for change. You know, like, I, it just feels more, yeah, of course you got a work ethic when you don't know where your next meal's coming from, you know? That's true. <laughs> also, fun fact, they were Jehovah's Witness. Oh. So that was their religion. Oh. Um, but they, they, they didn't celebrate Christmas. They didn't celebrate Easter, birthdays, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So if a club manager was like, hey, we want to have a Christmas party, Christmas Eve, no bands are available because, you know, Christmas. they're spending it with their families. Yeah. Selena Dinos was like, okay. We're, we're not doing anything that night. We don't celebrate Christmas. We'll do it. So yeah, I think that's interesting. And it just kind of shows how they were willing to just like do whatever it took. So speaking of whatever it took, I need, I need another one of these cocktails. This is delicious. So, Nathan, do you mind if we take a quick break while I top off my drink? I don't mind at all. Oh, (laughs) be right back. Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Brenna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. But that is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MK Ultra? Wait, what? <laughs> anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. We are back. So yes. it's 1984 and Selena is only 13 and she and her band are signed to a record label for the first time. What? What were you doing at 13? Not being signed to a record label. Um, I mean, like, yeah, no, no. I, was, I was in middle school. Yeah, yeah. And that's what most people were doing. It's called, the label is called Freddie, the Freddie label. And it just wasn't a good fit. The record executive told them, Tejano audiences don't like girl singers. Like, maybe she'll have one hit. Maybe she'll have two if it's a fluke. But it's going to be like a novelty act. She's not uh, She's not going uh, anywhere. Selena's like, they, you must not they, know about me. You must yeah. not know about me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, they were like, they were like she's not going to have a career. And you should put her, like, as a backup dancer and get a male 
singer. So needless to say, they didn't stick around at Freddie Records very long. (laughs) Yeah, they switched labels and start putting out albums and people start paying attention. It's like, finally. You're 12. Sit down. (laughs) Yeah, she's she's, she's a teenager. Really. (laughs) It's almost like it kind of never even occurred to anyone in the family that they wouldn't be successful. You know, like, like no one in the band, they manifested this. Well, they worked very, very hard. But it just like never occurred to anyone that like, what do you mean if we don't make it? Obviously, we're going to make it. What are you talking about? And Selena would later say that it was a lot of pressure for a young girl, yeah. which, I mean, Avi, yeah. knowing that her performances determined whether the family had food on the table oh, or not. Shit. Like, the whole family was in the band, but it was Selena, Selena. y los dinos. Selena... So that's a lot of pressure for a kid. That's a Come lot on. of fucking pressure for a kid. And her teachers also started to notice at school because, like, she was still going to a regular high school. And they were like, Selena shows up to school fucking exhausted. She She's not doing well, which I mean, when would she ever do homework or study? No, it was band practice, morning, noon, and night, you know, like, mm-hmm. and a few of her teachers, they actually went to Abraham and they were like threatening to report the Quintanillas to the authorities for being like, this might be against child labor laws. She's not doing well in school. They're working her too hard, which I mean, I kind of want to, I like, I can't really be mad at those teachers because they, I mean, so her parents take her out of school yeah. as one does. <laughs> they're, as like, a <laughs> they're like, he actually told them, mind your business. Yeah. Stage mom. Mind, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Selena was officially enrolled in the quote unquote American School of Correspondence. <laughs> so she'd get her lessons in the mail and mail in her test, which seems. I I would have been cheating my ass off. I mean, you were kind of a goody good in school. I wasn't really a goody good like you were. I would have been cheating my ass off. I could see you being like, no, I want to earn it. And me being like, I don't know. Let me look this up. And like, it just doesn't seem like a quality. I mean, she's getting a practical education, but it just doesn't seem like a. Which I think is something Selena regretted later in her life that she yeah, didn't this is, get. This like, is like a a COVID education before COVID was a thing. Right. <laughs> like, everything was done by mail. Yeah. Well, could you like imagine? Could you imagine doing at home or on the tour bus school before the internet? Like no, yeah, that would be crazy. Oh my god, yeah, I but I would have been cheating my ass off, absolutely. I know you would have <laughs> off of me too. Yeah, I'd be like, hey Nathan, what'd you get? What'd you get for answer eight? And you'd be like, do your own homework, and I'm, I'd be like, nerd, fucking virgin over here. <laughs> okay, virgin. Okay, virgin. <laughs> anyway, so to us now, we might be thinking like, wow. She was really missing out on, like, a normal childhood. This performance schedule, that's too much for a kid. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people who knew her, like, personally, not just, like, random people that have written stories about her, like, people that knew her personally, have said that she loved performing. So she still, like, even as an adult, she didn't view this as being taken advantage of. Because she really, she wanted to perform. She wanted to be out there dancing. She wanted to be out there singing. No one ever mentions her saying like she was ever performing against her will. She really did legitimately want to be doing that. So I, cool. I mean, uh, you know, what is it? What does a thirteen-year-old know? But. Good for her. <laughs> yeah, good for you. <laughs> in 1985, there was a big break for Selena y Los Dinos. Yes. And they appeared on the Johnny Canales show, which was a huge Spanish language variety show, like aired on Univision here in the U.S. It was exposure, exposure, oh exposure for them. Yeah, and in 85, she would have been like 14. So that is... Oh, could you imagine, like, 
I feel like it's similar if like a 14 year old now was like on the Jimmy Kimmel show or something like that. Yeah, that's like, good. That's a good parallel. Yeah, like that would be like such like, did my friends see it? Did my friends at school see me on the show? Like, and it showed here in the US. Yeah. So fun side note. Selena was interviewed on the Johnny, Johnny Canales show, and her Spanish wasn't perfect, because again, she didn't grow up speaking Spanish. She was only ever saying Spanish. So she can sing in Spanish perfectly, but then when they came and like actually interviewed her, she was just sort of like, Urgh! and like her Spanish wasn't perfect, and they kind of picked fun at her for kind of like tripping over her Spanish speaking. And so she kind of laughed it off. She rolled with the punches. But when she got home, and we're going to see this time and time again with Selena, she took that shit personally, and she was like, fuck you. Next time I'm on your show, I'm going to speak Spanish so fucking perfectly, you're not going to know that I wasn't born in Monterey, and, like, just went home and just was, like, span it. Like, everyone just talked to me in Spanish. I am perfecting this. And can you just imagine having that kind of drive for anything i know she's like no one's gonna tell me i can't do shit prime aries attitude is what that I is know. <laughs> now all the kentonia kids are out of school so everyone is focusing 100 percent on the van and big brother ab is coming into his own as his own songwriter mm-hmm. and he's really into pop and rock so he starts incorporating elements of that into the Tejano sound. Yeah. The big top 20 of the day were Janet Jackson, Paula Abdul. Madonna, so, Mariah Carey, yeah. Straight up now tell me, do, do you really want to love me forever? Exactly. So it had that electronic keyboard sound is what we're getting. Yeah. It was all drum yeah. machines. And yeah. No, if you, um, since we're not a music podcast, we won't go into it. But there's a podcast called 60 Songs That Define the, that explain the 90s. 60 Songs That Explain mm-hmm. the 90s. And the writer, the music critic for that podcast, I really, really respect. I can't remember his name, but I love him. So if you go listen to the episode about Selena, he goes into why everything they were doing was so out there for Tejano music. They were incorporating punk. They were incorporating dance. They were incorporating hip hop. And no one else in the Tejano scene was doing that. So if you want more information on that, check out that episode. But what we're getting at is that they are just different, you know, mm-hmm. on top of them doing all the music a little bit differently. They also have this energetic female singer, which was also a novelty, like we said. So it's just like nothing else on the Tejano scene. And people are starting to pay attention. They're starting to get recognized. And in 1987, Selena started really getting recognized. And she wins an award for the top female entertainer of the year at the Tejano Music Awards. How cool is that? Oh my god! And she's only 16. And she's only 16. I love this for her. Can you imagine? I just imagine like her being like, oh, do you have, oh, are you, were you the top entertainer? No? No? Just me? Of the year? Just just me? Just Just me me on this little Mm -hmm. award over here? Oh, a little old me? Yeah. They are getting recognized. They are making money. Finally. Not like, not like loads and loads of money, but enough to like put food on the table and to start a band and to really get things going. Put money back into the band. Like previously, I felt like they were making money to put food on the table solely. Now they can like invest in the band. They did all this with like on a shoestring budget. So now that they actually mm-hmm. have money coming in, what can they do with their band? You know? Yeah. 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 Up until now, they had been touring around in a van, like a minivan, like just literally their equipment on a trailer attached to the van and everybody in the van, like ass to elbow, like it is just like now they can afford a tour bus. So they get a, not a new tour bus, they get a secondhand tour bus and they name it Big Bertha. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you ever named any of your cars, any of your vehicles? Absolutely. Yeah. Every single one of them. Every, every the, single one. Does of your them. current one have a name? Yes. 
Susie. She's a silver fox. Oh! <laughs> what about your first one? What about that beetle bug you used to have? Uh, the beetle, the, the, the beetle bug. The beetle bug that was... got you high riding in it from all the fumes. Like, oh, that was a clunker. Velma the Volkswagen. Like, I, I have to, I have to, like, make sure. <laughs> I have to make sure. I named oh, one car, my very first car. I named her Prudence after Dear Prudence, the Be- the Beatles song. <laughs> you would. <laughs> that car broke down on me every chance it got. Like it was the biggest fucking. <laughs> and I can just see Katie in the middle of the road going, Dear Prudence, Dear Prudence why don't you why fucking don't you start? start today? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So after I decided, for me, I think naming cars is bad luck. So I never named a car again. But Big Bertha is the perfect name for a tour bus. (laughs) (laughs) On Big Bertha, because she had more space to herself. (laughs) She's not, like, Selena's not all crammed up with her siblings at this point. She's not as to elbow with her siblings anymore, yeah. Yeah, Selena on Big Bertha is having her uh, her best life, living her best life on Big Bertha. She starts doing fashion sketches for herself and for the whole band. And this becomes a huge passion for her, which I love. She she got all the band's measurements, sent them off to a seamstress. And then anytime she'd have, she'd have an idea for an outfit. She'd do like sketches. Yeah. She'd buy the fabric and sequins, whatever was needed. She got it. And then she ended up sending it all to a seamstress, and they'd make her designs for the whole band, which yes. is so cool. If you go and watch like um, the the recordings from the late 80s and early 90s, the whole band is in like matching outfits. Those were all designed by Selena. Speaking of the whole band, now that they have money to pay people, it's time to start hiring some professional musicians i.e people that are not in your immediate family because they had (laughs) they had had other people in the band because you can't be a full touring band with just a drummer a singer and a bass player you need all the other instruments and whatnot but they had pretty much at this point relied on cousins to fill those roles but now they can hire professional players i.e people that are not related to you so they hire a keyboard player and they hire some backup singers and brother ab who is still songwriter in the music industry to this day he starts he's like we need a lead guitar player who can fucking shred i want something different than what other tejano bands have and he puts out like he starts searching and he goes out in san antonio and tries to go and see as many Tejano bands as he could possibly see in one night. And then he sees this guy named Chris Perez, who was playing a local San Antonio band. And he looks at him and he's like, damn, this guy is good. He played Tejano music, but by the way he played, you could tell his influences were very rock-centric, very punk kind of centric just like everyone else in the band. So it just seemed like a good fit. Yeah, he was like, I'm looking for someone that can play Tejano, but can play Tejano with a twist, you know? And yeah. So long story short, Chris, this guy Chris, maybe he'll be important later, he joins the band. I'm saying this for no reason. Just take this with, you know, however you want to take it. Um, Selena is 17. Chris is 19. I think it's important to remember Selena has never spent time with people basically outside of her family. And went, hey, Nathan, were you horny when you were 17? If you got me a hot guy that could play guitar really well and finger a guitar, I bet he could finger something else really oh, well. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I was not expecting you to bring up finger banging in the Selena episode, but okay, here we are. So now they've got a new member of the band. He's hot. He's age appropriate. He can play the guitar and he's not related to her. So anyway, <laughs> we're God. mentioning this for no reason. No reason. Because it's, Put it's, a pin it's in unlike that. any it's <laughs> unlike any other episode that we've done in Queen's Podcast. Because <laughs> usually they are related. They are <laughs> <laughs> But in this one we're like, oh, it's scandalous because they're not cousins. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Anyway. <laughs> 
Reel it in, reel it in. <laughs> yes. That same year, the band is approached by EMI Records. <gasps> this is huge. huge. That's a big record label. Yeah, I mean, in, in 1989, Nathan, tell me some of the bands that were on EMI in the 80s. <laughs> Let me just reel this one in, too. Yeah. Um, Depeche Mode, Blondie, oh. Queen. Ah! Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you've heard of him. <laughs> I mean, that is, that alone, it, it, for the 80s, but that even before they, I think the Beatles were on EMI Records in the 60s. Like, it's a yeah, major, a huge major label. label. What they're doing at this time in uh, the 80s, Gloria Estevan was a huge hit maker in the mid-80s. Nathan. What's your favorite Gloria yeah. Estefan song? Because mine is Come on, baby, move that conga. No, you yeah. don't move that any longer. Same. What, what about, what about <laughs> Rhythm is gonna get you? Like, oh, shit. The rhythm is gonna get you. The rhythm is gonna get you tonight. Yes. And so that was huge Latino, you know, kind of influences. Though she's Cuban and Selena's Mexican. But still, they're like... Okay. Latin culture. Latin culture, yeah. And so EMI is like, we want a Gloria Estefan type figure. Gloria Estefan was on Columbia Records. And so EMI started a Latin branch, like a EMI Latin. And they were like, we need to start a huge chunk of this country's, a huge chunk of this country's population speaks Spanish. So it makes sense. We want a Latin label and they are building that up we want our gloria estefan hey look at this little teenager over here that can sing her heart out i they found her they were like we found her yeah we found our gloria estefan and after that things just start taking off for our girl yeah professionally personally Everything is checking off. Selena actually wanted to start releasing music in English because that's kind of the music she listened to. (laughs) Yeah. And EMI was like, sure, after you release like one or two Tejano Spanish speaking albums, then you can do English. And they called that a crossover album. (laughs) So give your diehard fans what they want and then. Let's talk about what you want to do later, right? That makes sense. That makes sense from a business point of view. Like, do what you're already doing. And once we see that can really sell and that your fans are really into it, then you can do the crossover album. Makes sense to me. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Her debut album is titled Selena. It debuts at number seven on the Mexico Billboard charts. That is, for a debut album, that is amazing. Fun fact. Like I said, about my little Texas heart just loving so many things about this episode. The album was recorded 100% in Texas, in Houston and San Antonio. Oh. Born and raised, Texas baby. We love that. I wasn't born here, though. My dad was in the military, so I was born not even in the country. I can't even say I'm an American born and raised. Here she, here she here she goes again. She was born in Italy, guys. I don't know if She's y'all real- know this about me, but I've been traveling... <laughs> My whole and life. She's related to. She's related to the Pope. No. <laughs> I am. Didn't think he was coming up in this episode, but he Kate did. He's a Medici. Yes. <laughs> anyway. So Coca Cola, ye old Coca Cola. Um, they come ring, ring, ringing, calling on. I don't their know phone. if you've heard of them. I don't know. Do people? Yeah. <laughs> do people still drink cokes? <laughs> Yeah, right. And they're like, hey, we want a beautiful Tejano singer. And maybe, maybe you fit the bill. Um, (laughs) You should do some commercials for us in Texas right now. Because we're here in Texas. And uh, I don't know, in case anyone doesn't know, Texas has a very, very large Spanish-speaking community. So hooking up with Coca-Cola and doing a Tejano commercial just makes sense. Amazing. So obviously, Dad Abraham is like, like, he's still calling all of her shots. And he is like, of course, Selena would love to be in a Coca-Cola commercial. Because... Uh, dollar dollar bills y'all so yeah, right he like goes to brother ab and is like start writing this jingle asap 
And he's like, get that new guitar player. What's his name? Perez or whatever. Get him to help you write that. Y'all write a jingle for Selena for her Coke commercial. And they did. And she performed it both in English and in Spanish. And this was huge for her career and exposure. And, you know... They got that Coke money, girl. Ching, ching. <laughs> dollar, dollar bills coming in. I mean, that is, that's a huge step forward for her for exposure. So, Katie, this sounds like a great place. Let's take a break. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go take a break. I need, I need a, a Coke. Break. I need to grab myself a Coke. And <laughs> yes. we will be right back. I'm Helena Bonham Carter. And for BBC Radio 4, this is History's Secret Heroes, a new series of rarely heard tales from World War II. They had no idea that she was Britain's top female codebreaker. We'll hear of daring risk-takers. What she was offering to do was to ski in over the high Carpathian mountains. Of course it was dangerous, but uh, danger was his friend. Subscribe to History's Secret Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. All you need is a few minutes to start your day off with something historic when you listen to the This Day in History podcast. Every day there's a new episode for you to listen and learn about what happened that day way back when. Today could be the day a famous mobster met their end, or the first milestone for humans in space. Who knows what history today holds? Find out when you listen and subscribe to This Day in History wherever you get your podcasts. That's This Day in History wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> and we're back. So let's bring it back to this Chris guy. The hot, you know, totally age appropriate, not, not related. related. <laughs> and Selena is now about 18 and he's about 20. Adults. Everyone's adults. Yes. And in his book, he says that one day the whole band was on a flight to Mexico and he and Selena had never chatted that much one on one. But they're on this flight, and Chris hadn't flown much before, and they hit a little bit of turbulence. Oh. Which, which can be a little scary if you've never flown before. And Selena could tell that he was freaked out. And so she goes and sits by him and is like, hey, chill. It's going to be okay. Sometimes flights are bumpy. Do you want to hold my hand? Will that make you feel better? And he was like, yes, please. And they just kind of... Never quit holding hands after that. And they dated in secret for about a year. Okay, wait. Why in secret? Because Abraham would lose his fucking shit if he found out that Selena was dating. Selena's reputation, one, was squeaky clean. Like, it was part of her appeal. You could bring your kids to see her. And she was starting to push the envelope with her sexy onstage costumes But that really wasn't a big deal because, like, Madonna was doing way sexier stuff at the time, you know? So she was... Yeah. Yeah. She was viewed as a role model to young girls. Yeah. What if she got pregnant, you know? like Uh, Chris's record is not the squeakiest of squeaky cleans. No, not at all. Um, (laughs) First of all, doesn't speak Spanish, not a fan of Tejano, but so what? Selena wasn't a Spanish speaker either. But as far as her fans knew, she was really into that culture. Yeah, but even more than that, Chris had a few things on his record. He had actually gotten in trouble for drinking and driving in San Antonio about a month or two after he started dating Selena secretly. But the staff at the jail recognized him. And so (laughs) it didn't get released to, like, they were able to kind of protect him and it wasn't like in the newspapers or whatever, you know? But it's still on his record. Yeah. And Selena at this point is like, are you fucking stupid? Because not only is that dangerous, he could get put on probation. And 
if that happened, he couldn't travel with the band at that point. You can't so, leave the country and go on tour yeah. in Mexico if you're she, yeah. if you're on probation. She's like, maybe maybe next time you better think. Maybe next time you use the brain part of your brain, the thinking part. <laughs> use the thinking part of your brain to think with, please, is what she told him. Direct quote. I'm pretty sure. And then another time, <laughs> direct quote. Direct quote. Sure. Use the thinking part of your brain to think. Thank you. And then another time, about six months into their relationship. Chris and some roadies of the band, they trashed a hotel room. I don't understand why you always hear about rock stars doing this, trashing hotel rooms. Why is that fun? Why is that fun? They pro- well, I, I'm just Alcohol was like, involved. Yes. That's, that's what I was about to say is like, as a person that has performed before, after a performance, you've got a lot of nerves. And you've got, like, They're you're still, like, kind of shaky. Though. And so, well, I mean, like, For him, you drink afterwards. And so you're like, let me calm myself with this shot. You know, and then after, like, 12 shots, then you trash a hotel room. So I can I can, I can, can see it, but it's not appropriate. Okay, it's so I'm giving Nathan this, shut the fuck up, look. Because you know yeah. what? The two of us, <laughs> how many times have we performed? A bajillion? And um, how many times have we gotten drunk? A bajillion. Have we ever thrown a chair through a window? Like, it just doesn't come into my mind (laughs) to be like, I guess maybe some people, maybe you've got a violent streak or you don't. Because I've been drunk plenty of times and I've had nerves plenty of times. And I've never thought, you know what's going to make this better? Destruction. No, like. Yeah, Yeah. that's not, that's not in my mindset. Right. And after he trashed that room, Selena actually broke up with him for like two days. Because she was like. Two days. <laughs> That's a typical, like, 18, 18-year-old. 18 yeah. <laughs> but no, she was like, uh, and I do respect her for this. She was like, I have a reputation. And you're fucking yeah. with it. Because whenever you are on tour with me, you're representing me. And you're fucking, like, you're you're doing a destruction. Not fucking cool, dude. And yeah, they broke up. They She took him back, like, right away. I mean, I respect that to be like, hey, I've got a reputation, you know? And like sneaky, sneaky little teenagers do, um, they're sneaking around for like <laughs> over a year. How and, hot is that? How hot? Yeah, is that? I, I, I like mm. like you just have to like the little the little touch here, the and little creep. pinch there. Yeah, yeah. just that is that is my favorite. Like you you come up and you like little pinch of my booty. Mm, and I'm like, oh, whoop, oh. oh. <laughs> so everyone knew that there was some booty pension except Abraham. <laughs> they they knew that ev- everybody knew. And they were seeing each other. He, yeah. Except for daddy. And I know. And she's 19 and there's this super hot guitarist. Um, <laughs> fingering his guitar mm. and that's you know that's what a 19 year old wants yeah <laughs> but let's just put another pin in that put another <laughs> pin in that because we are going to switch gears what else does selena have going on in her life right now back in corpus christi when they had downtime between touring selena spent all her time sketching so remember yeah. this like she was sketching for the band yeah tour bus she rented a studio apartment to kind of act as her design studio so she'd go there sketch have local designers bring over materials she was a nerd i love it she was such a nerd about fashion yeah and katie is here for it She wanted to know the materials, what they're made of, where they came from, how do they deal with it, how do they wear and tear, what happened whenever, like, every is this easy to sew? Detail. Is this easy to sew on? Is this hard to sew on? What kind of machine do I need? Like, she was a fashion nerd. Like, what are the trends? What's the trends? Yeah, like, what's going on in life? Like, what's going on in fashion? Like, what's happening? Like, you know what? She was going to be a major fashion label if she wouldn't have passed away. You know what I just <laughs> thought about? She's giving me Rihanna. Oh, oh, right? But could you imagine um, if Selena... I know people, if you're listening... Spoiler alert. didn't know Selena died. Then. Well, sorry. she's our, but Obviously, we only cover you, dead people, so... Yeah. Could, could you imagine if Selena was able to create a fashion Latina label? Oh, Latinx label. It would be beautiful. It like, would be would so be, glittery. <laughs> 
We are here for it. Okay, we are fantasizing. Anyway. (laughs) And we're dreaming of Selena's line. Anyway. (laughs) Abraham actually, her dad actually hated that she had a passion outside of the band. And honestly, this is the part of the story where I like to say, objectively, it seems like he's a bit of a control freak. Don't you think? Yeah, a like, little bit. <laughs> I don't want to say too much negative about him. And I don't think too much negative about him. But I'm not going to say more than this because he is still alive and I do not want to get sued. But uh, it just seems to me like he only didn't like her doing fashion because it took away from her focus on music. And that's what... Uh, right? Right. He just wasn't crazy about having her own fashion line. But it was it was her passion, you know? But that makes sense because mm-hmm. when she was in the band, he was the manager. Mm-hmm. He was calling the shots. Mm-hmm. But if she was doing this fashion thing, that's she's her, doing what she wanted. Thing. Her yeah. own thing. Yeah. Ah, it has nothing to do with the family. It has nothing to do with her father. Yeah. And honestly, I think her having her own thing freaked him the furk out. Yeah. The furk. The furk. The furk. What the furk? <laughs> But no, it really seems like he wanted her just to focus on music. One, because it was his passion. Yes. But two, because maybe he kind of wanted her under his thumb at all times. Again, again, uh, I don't know. Uh, this is uh, just speculation. Uh, just, I'm not, just, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm, saying, I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. He, he, I'm not saying he, he might be a bad guy, but I'm just no, saying. No, I don't think. I don't think he's a bad guy, but I think, you know what? Maybe the thought of losing his baby girl scared him, which I think is natural. But yeah, she's 19. She's an adult. If she wants to pursue another interest, it's actually none of your business. She's an adult fucking woman. I mean, no one's smart at 19, but you're still legally an adult. But I mean, if she was was a man, (laughs) we wouldn't say anything about it. Yeah. She's an adult. She wants to date. She wants to hook up. It's none of your business. Mm -hmm. Like, leave it alone. But she's done her dad a courtesy of just, you know, keeping it in the dark for a little bit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just kind of being like, "Mm, uh, you don't need to know about my relationship. You don't need to know about how far I'm going with this fashion thing. It's fine. Y'all, over the next year, so much happens all at once that it's impossible to do it in chronological order. So we're just going to kind of do an info dump. In 1991, Selena becomes the first, 1991, Selena becomes the first female Tejano singer to earn a gold record ever. What? It's fucking huge, Nathan. Ah, yes. And that same year, she has her first number one song on the Mexican (gasps) billboards, a song called Buenos Amigos, which was a duet with another Spanish singer. I love this for her. So it's just like, bam, bam, bam. She is knocking down boundaries. She is busting that glass ceiling. And she is 19 years old. Our girl is in high demand and emi her record label comes to her and is like girl we need you to do a tour of mexico yesterday like (laughs) if you could leave so true if you could leave three weeks ago that would be great like get out there and so the band is just like we all got our passports we are going south of the border y'all could you imagine she would just be like the share of the south She yes. would She would never stop going on tour, and we would always go sing with Selena. <sighs> like, ah, uh, gone too soon. Gone too gone soon. Too anyway, soon. sorry. Um, around this time, they start getting messages left on their answering machine at home. A friend of the family had an aunt who had seen Selena play at the show and had become a huge fan. Her name was Yolanda Salazar. <laughs> Katie just spit. That was the most Sophia moment I've ever seen of a golden girl. <laughs> she just, I, I just started saying Yolanda and she was like, <laughs> Carry so, on. her name was Yolanda Saladavar. I'm sorry. Moment. I'm sorry. Oh, when I hear girls. the devil's name, I gotta spit. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm from Sicily. <laughs> Picture it. Picture it. <laughs> 
Yolanda. <laughs> so Yolanda, she she wanted to know if she could start Selena's fan club. Now, Selena had met Yolanda before. Uh, like once or twice because um, Yolanda had come to a bunch of her shows and Selena did have this y'all she was such she loved her fans so if she noticed if she saw someone out in the crowd that she had seen previously she would be be like bring that person backstage I want to meet them so therefore like Yolanda wasn't a stranger she wasn't a complete stranger But she also wasn't, like, in the inner circle. So whenever she reached out and was like, can I start a fan club? The family was like, fuck yeah. yeah, That's that's awesome. (laughs) Like, she wants to do this, and she's going to do it for free. Yeah. Um, And unfortunately, that's where we're going to leave this episode now with Yolanda. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Not foreshadowing. If you don't know what happens. A fan club. (laughs) Oh, good God. All right, Nathan. Well, let's circle back in a couple of weeks. Cheers, bitches. Cheers, bitches.